Philippians chapter 12. Today, as we look at um, service, one of the ways we serve is with the, the gifts that God's given us. And um, we'll start reading from uh, verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are, different kind, there are different ways God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, he gives the gift of special knowledge. The, special, uh, the, the Spirit gives special faith to another, and to someone else, he gives the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptised into Christ's body by one spirit and we have all received the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says... I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an ear or not an eye, what, uh, would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But God made our bodies with many parts and he has put each part just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem the weakest and least important are really the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect from the eyes of others those parts that should not be seen. While other parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honour and care should be given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the believers, so that all the members care for each other equally. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate necessar and, and necessary part of it. 
Here's a list of some of the members that God has placed in the body of Christ. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who can get others to work together, those who speak in unknown languages. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a prophet? No. Are all teachers? Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Does everyone have the gift of healing? Of course not. Does God give all, uh, does God give all of us the ability to speak in unknown languages? Can ev everyone interpret unknown languages? No. In any event, you should desire the most helpful gifts. And then he says, first, however, let me tell you about something else that is better than any of them. And Paul goes on to talk about love. What a great passage talking about the body of Christ and how valuable we are who trust in Jesus. And as the church, this church values service, we value you uh, because if you're a part of this body of Christ, uh, your gift is so important and so special to us. Let's pray together. Oh God, we, your body, are gathered here this morning and we want to thank you for this day, for this day to learn more about you for this day to worship you in spirit and in truth. Oh God, for this day to pray and to cry out to you for help in our lives, in our daily living and in our activities and all that we do. Oh God, we want to say this morning that we love you, that we thank you for dying on the cross for us, for rising again and for giving us new life as we've put our faith in you. Oh God, we would say our lives have been transformed. You live in us and you're changing us daily as we grow to become more and more like you. Oh God, we thank you for things that we look back in our lives which had a grip on our lives and yet now we see through the power of your spirit those habits, those thoughts, those things that we used to stumble over time and time again have been defeated and we give you praise. Oh God, we thank you that as we've cried out to you for forgiveness You've offered it freely through Jesus Christ. And God, thank you that each day we find the joy of just knowing you and living with you. Oh God, we want to praise you for the way that you have called the people here together to be part of this body, your body. Thank you for the gifts that you've given each one of us. Oh God, we need each other. Oh, we pray that you'd help us to really be good stewards of the gifts that you've given us so that we might serve one another and so that people who come to this church or people that we meet and minister to would just be so, feel so loved and so served. God, thank you that this life is not about getting what we want, but about serving you and serving others. God, we want to pray for those that have committed their lives to serving other people through so many different ways. And this week as we come to uh, think about uh, elections and who we will vote for um, this coming week. God, we pray that you would give us uh, great wisdom as we vote. And we pray, God, that you would be uh, leading and organising things so that the people that you would have to be leading us would be elected. Oh, God, we pray for each candidate. We pray that they would stand with integrity and that they would um, really seek to do the best that they can if elected. God, we want to pray that our city would be a city that is just led really well 
that there is honesty, that there is integrity, that there is good government here in this area, in this region. God, we pray for the state of Victoria too. And we would pray that we would have good government here, that there would be justice and fairness and uh, that our government would stand up against um, immorality and, and wrong. Oh God, we pray for our state, the state of Victoria, and we just cry out, God, that you would touch the hearts of the people in this state. We pray for the whole of Australia, God. And we pray that we would see more and more people being touched by your spirit, coming to know you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Saviour. God, we want to pray particularly for Brian Wicks and for him this week. We just ask that, um, yeah, that he would uh, be knowing your strength at this time, that he would sense you with him. And God, for Peter and Jill Marshall and their family, we would just lift them up to you. God, we recognise you've called these people for uh, special responsibilities in our city. And we just ask that you'll be strengthening them, giving them grace each day to live. Oh God, we open our hearts now for all that you want to say to us as we worship you this morning. Have your way in our lives, God. As we've said um, and prayed for the Jordans, we pray that you would continue to bless them as they go. And God, as new people come and as others go, we just know that you are building your church. Uh, God, would you bless the Jordans as they go to another church in South Africa. May there be a blessing there. God, as uh, you continue to build this church, may our church be a significant blessing where we are. All for your glory, we pray. So we open our hearts now and we say yes to you, Lord Jesus. Yes, we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning... We're looking at our core value called service. Um, as we work together, the deacons, the staff and the leaders, we came up with this statement that says, as a church, we offer humble service to others by using our abilities, skills, resources and spiritual gifts. We value service at Wodonga District Baptist Church. Now we're reminding you about the fact that values are things that we hold dearly and things that when are violated, we, we really don't like it because it's something that's been ingrained right into us. And I know service has been ingrained into my life since I was very young. You see, my mum and dad always were involved in service in the family of God. They, uh, I can remember Dad, who was an introvert um, and really didn't like, you know, spending lots of time socialising with people. After service, sort of forcing himself to move uh, uh, towards newcomers and welcoming newcomers. Uh, people often remembered how he greeted them on the very first day. My my dad was a um, church deacon. He was a church treasurer. He ended up doing church uh, Sunday school teaching. And then when he finished his job as a company secretary for a large pharmaceutical company, he started just volunteering two days a week down at Global Interaction in, in, in Melbourne. Just recently, my mum and my dad have just got back from China on a trip that they all paid for themselves. 
visiting missionaries over in China and helping them sort out the books so that they'd be uh, able to just make sure that the finances was done right. And uh, they, they just take great delight in serving. And I believe what my mum and dad modelled in their life, God wants to be modelled in everyone who follows Jesus. Our church believes that. And that's what this morning's core value is all about. Um, the truth is that God wants us to serve. He wants people who have put their trust in him to serve. This is what it says in 1 Peter 4.10, that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God wants us to be serving each other. In fact, he made you and I so that we could serve. He put us here on earth not to be just consumers, but to make a contribution with our lives to the lives of others. So you, you weren't just made to live and to kind of um, eat food, buy resources um, and take up space on this earth. You were actually made not just for your own purposes. God uh, made you, God created you because he wants you to do something significant with your life. And he wants you to add to the life that's going on here on earth. He wants your contribution to make a difference to what's going on here on earth. That's why we value um, service as a church. Because we want you and we want each other together to make a difference with the one life that we have. Um, someone inspired D.L. Moody when he sat next to him on a bench one day. A man said to D.L. Moody, the, the Lord is yet to see, uh, the world is yet to see what God might do with one person whose life is totally devoted to him. I think as God, as we as a church have come to know God, it's clear that he wants us to serve him. And the contribution that we make will be determined by how genuine we are in our desire to serve him. Not only does God want us to serve, you and I were made, we were created to serve God. Look what it says in Ephesians 2 and verse 10 in the NIV. For we are God's workmanship. You know, he's made us, created in Christ to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. That's why we were made. And those good works, they're our service. They're our ministry. You know, they're um, everything that we do. And everything that we do is service for God. We we're made to serve God. And every time we serve someone, we're doing that for God and unto him. Not to consume, but to contribute to others. This is what he said to Jeremiah. Uh, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were even born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. As God looked on Jeremiah and said that he knew him before he was even born, that is true of you this morning. God knew you before you were born. 
And the fact that you're here as a follower of Christ today, if you've put your trust in him, is no mistake to God. And the fact that he called you is no mistake. He knew in advance that you would be his and that there were works that he wanted you to do. Service, good works. So not only were you uh, made to serve God, but you were saved to serve God. God actually came and revealed himself to you. He saved you. He turned, forgave your sins and gave you new life so that you could serve him. Look what it says, 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it. It's not something that you and I can claim, wow, aren't we great? But he, he, he did this because that was his plan from the very beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. So there's no, no chance that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. He saved you very much so for the purpose of your service for him, that you would serve him. So that gives our life incredible significance. If you're in the kingdom today, it means you have a place, you have a purpose, you have a role, you have a function that you're to fulfill. You know, um, Michael W. Smith wrote a song that became really well known many years ago, and it was called A Place in This World. And he said, I'm looking for a reason, uh, you know, wandering through the night to find my place in this world, my place in this world. Not a lot to live for. I need your light to help me find my place in this world. You know, I think the reason the song was so much, uh, became so popular is because there are so many people that are looking to find their place in the world. Why was I made? What am I here for? Well, if you are a follower of Christ today, you have a purpose and a plan and God has saved you for a reason. And you know what it is? It's to serve him. It's service. To live, he's called us to live a holy life, a life of service, a life where we would be living it for God's glory in everything that we do. This is... Uh, what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honour him with your body. Do you know, uh, not only are you saved to serve, but the fact that you are saved cost God greatly. His son came and died on the cross. You were bought with a high price. Jesus died on the cross so that you could come to know him. He thinks that you being his follower is worth dying for. And, and that in itself should overwhelm us with the fact that God wants to use us and therefore we must honour him with our body, with our lives. We must honour him with everything that we do. It means that we don't go doing silly things with our body, but we use our body not for you know, sexual pleasure or for other things that we could do for ourselves, but we use it our bodies as members of Christ's body for his service. This is the kind of response that God wants us to have, realising how much he loves us and how much he paid the price for us, that we're overwhelmed and we want to give back to him. You see, our service doesn't come out of guilt. It doesn't come because we feel like we're getting pressured into it. It doesn't even come because of our duty or because we feel like we 
have to. Our desire for service and the reason why we value service is because God has demonstrated his love and his grace overflows so much that we think, God, you've done all this for me. Now what can I do for you? It's like what the great missionary C.T. Stubb uh, said. He said, if Christ be God and died for me, there is nothing too great that I can do for him. You know, because he's died on the cross for me, then nothing is too great for me to do for him. I just want to serve him with my whole life, was C.T. Studd's response. So we don't serve him out of fear or guilt or duty, but we uh, we serve him out of deep joy and thanks for what he's done. It's like what Paul said in Romans 12 and verse 1. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Because of God's mercy, give yourself fully to God. Serve him. Give your life to him. You know, another word for service is ministry. It's just the same kind of word. In the Bible, the word service and the word ministry are used interchangeably. Um, Our service is the same as our ministry. And many people think, oh, if you're a minister, Jonathan, you're the minister. And, um, that, and, or if you're a, a priest or if you're someone who's you know, like that, you're a minister. But the truth is that if you are a follower of Christ, you're a minister. Because we're all called to, to serve God. And it means that every single member of the body of Christ is a minister. Uh, You know, that's why uh, every time you read in the Bible, servant, you can interchange it with minister. Um, And and that's why as a church, for us, I'm not in robes this morning. And you don't have to call me um, Father Jonathan or Most Reverend Holy Jonathan. Um, just you know why for us as a church we value service and we believe that what I'm doing you all should be doing not I don't mean getting up here but all I'm doing is simply using the gifts that God's given me in service and we're all doing the same aren't we like not all of us are called to be up here speaking or doing other things, but you're surely called to be using your gifts in different ways. Some won't be seen publicly or some won't be seen um, by many people at all, but all of us are ministers. It's a strong Baptist belief that all of us are ministers. All of us are priests. When, when we put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ, he speaks to us. And he guides us. That's why we, our first value is that we're Christ-centred because we believe that all of us can hear from him. All of us have been given gifts and we're all to serve and minister. So not only were you uh, made to serve, you were created to serve God. Not only were you saved to serve God and uh, we're, our response is to, you know, to serve him out of joy. But we're called to serve God. Um, growing up, I, you know, I remember often thinking and looking at missionaries that were going off and thinking, 
Wow, you know, God's obviously called them to serve God. That's incredible, you know. Um, isn't that, that's amazing. And um, the truth is that all of us are called to serve God. When you said yes to Jesus, when, he, when you realised that he died on the cross for you and you realised that there was no other way to be made right with God than to have Jesus take your sin, and, and when you said Come into my life, Lord Jesus. And, and you became a follower of Christ. You were called to ministry. You were called to full-time ministry. Uh, it's not just pastors, full-time ministry, or missionary workers, or people who are um, workers in the church. But whatever you do right through the day, you're to do it serving God. So that means that you can be um, over in the, on the mission field serving God. You can be running in your own business but serving God using the gifts that he's given you to do. You can be helping, you can be doing things like that but serving God. And the truth is that we are all called to God, when Je- to serve God. When Jesus said, go into all the world, he was calling all of us to be those that would take his message to others, that would serve others that would demonstrate what it is to be a servant. Well, there's some foundational things. I just want to share with you a few more other things about how, uh, what, what we use to serve God. What are some truths that we can look at this morning on how we can serve God? I just want to share, first of all, that you are a part of Christ's body. You see, the Bible often talks about, and in 1 Corinthians 12 today, uh, Paul has talked about the fact that we're a body. If you're a follower of Christ, you're, in, you're all part of one body. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So Paul here uses the metaphor of a person to describe the body of Christ. And he's saying, just like I'm a body, God's church is a body and each individual congregation is a body. We're we're the body of Christ. And all of us together form each part. And each of us have an important part and a valued part in the body of Christ. None of you are, are less important. There's one body but many parts. And if you're here this morning, trusting in Jesus Christ, and this is your church, if you're a follower of Christ, then you're part of the body. You're part of the body. And the truth is that that's not kind of your doing or my doing, but God has been placing us together as a body, all of his doing. Look what it says in um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 18. It says, our bodies, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. You're strategically placed by God here, church. You're here for an important purpose and God's got you here, just not by chance. So, that would mean that for you and I, we each have, we're each part of the body. We each have uh, you know, gifts 
And we must expect who we are and where we are in the body today. So for you to say, look, I'm not that important. I'm lowly. I'm not very important. Well, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 16. It says, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, if I'm not the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? The answer is no. So don't undervalue yourself. If you think, oh, I'm just doing something in kids' church or I'm just someone who's helping this person here and nobody really notices, don't underplay your gift. But also the other side, don't think you're you know, more important than you really are. You know, some people think, oh, well, I've got a big upfront role or something like that. Everyone should notice me. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We can't say that because each of us need each other. And if someone says I'm more important than you, well, you can just show them 1 Corinthians 12, 21. And don't you go thinking you're more important than others. But we need each other. So don't underestimate. Don't overestimate. Realise you're a special part of this body. God's put you here. We need each other. The second thing is you're part of the body of Christ, but you've been given a spiritual gift and part of this body. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You've been given a gift and the reason you've been given it is so that you can serve and so that others in this church might be helped and so that God's church might be built up. Everyone has at least one gift. Why don't we say that together? Everyone has at least one gift. Let's say that. Everyone has at least one gift. So remember that. That means that you have at least one gift if you're a follower of Christ. Um, Paul says the gifts are given for the common good so that the whole church benefits. A, a gift, a spiritual gift is a special ability that's been given by the Holy Spirit to each member, enabling them to minister to the needs of Christ's body, the church. You know, there are many gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament and we're told that God gives them just as he pleases. Um, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. And he alone decides which gift each person should have. So that would mean that it would be silly for you to look at someone else's gifts and say, Oh, I wish I had their gift. If you don't, you know, or to get envious of someone else. It's silly for you to compare yourself with someone else's gift if the Holy Spirit gives them just as he so desires. So how do I know what my gift is? Well, I just want to reckon it's good to just explore different possibilities. Read the Bible. You know, look at the passage that we've read today. Look at passages at the end of Romans, in Romans 12. Look at other passages right through the Bible, which, uh, through the New Testament that talks about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Look at them. Explore them. Discover and as you're looking at them, pray, God, is this a gift that you've given me? And I think seek to use them. Find opportunities. Make yourself available. 
Say, I'm ready to be used. Um, sometimes you'll discover what gift you don't have first. You know? You'll try something and it'll be terrible flop. Examine your own feelings and effectiveness as you're using your gifts. Look for evidence. Is, is, is God using this gift and are there people being affirmed by that? Is there positive feedback or other people finding this is good? And I think just keep trying, serving in all different ways. And God, God helps. I want to say to you that the growth of the body is dependent on you. Look what it says in Ephesians 4.16. It says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly and each part does its own special work. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. A healthy church is a church where each of us are using our spiritual gifts and we're each helping each other and the church is growing in service. There's a beautiful picture there in these verses of a church that's healthy, that continues to grow. So for you this morning, I just want to say, if you don't use your spiritual gift, it's sort of connected with the church's health. We need you to be using your gifts, not only your spiritual gifts, but your abilities and your skills and your personality and your experiences. And your, we need you to be using your gifts in service. We, we're dependent on it. God's put you here for a reason. And it would be like going down on Christmas morning under the Christmas tree and just sitting around and not opening the gifts. And just looking at each other and saying, wow, that was a great Christmas. But no one taking the wrapper off and using them. We need each other. Do you know, many churches are like um, a, a football coach uh, and a football team together. Um, often what happens in those churches is they um, appoint a coach and a football team turns up to the ground and they all sit there and when it comes to the time for the game to start, they send out the coach onto the field and he plays all by himself. And the team on the edge, and they go, good on you guys. But the, the coach runs around and he's trying to do everything and eventually the coach just gets so exhausted and they pick him up and get a new coach, you know, and he plays. And the whole team stays on the sideline encouraging. And many churches are like that. They pay a pastor to do the work of ministry. They say the pastor does all the work. We'll sit back and encourage, we'll cheer, we'll say great, we'll say good stuff. But we won't get on the field. And churches like that are made, of, uh, made up of an audience, not an army. They're made of people that spectate um, and watch. Other churches are like... Uh, the kind of team that gets together and they get with the coach and they come together and the team, the, the, ball, the whistle blows and the siren sounds and all the team just stay together in a huddle right in the middle of the ground. They don't go after the ball and they sit together and they start to discuss things like, oh yeah, what have you been doing? And they're all sitting around talking 
And it's a bit like churches that come together on Sunday, talk, have a coffee, have a cuppa, catch up, say, how's you going? Great. How are you going? Great. Good. Great. And then they walk back home again and say, wasn't that a great match? It's like the, 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 the team that just sit there in the middle talking about things. They might talk about the different uniforms that they've got on or what, what the other team look like or how, which one's doing well this week. And, but really, they never get involved in the game. And many churches are like that. Other players, uh, instead of playing the game, the whistle blows and they just start fighting each other instead of playing the ball. So they start to complain with each other and say, you did this to me, you did that to us, and get really bogged down and never get involved in the ministry. Isn't it great that there's a half-time when it comes to footy? And uh, I think churches that are like that, and uh, all of us can have sometimes those ideas, but at half-time the coach can come out and say, church, this is not how it's supposed to be. I think our church already values this value so much. And I think my role as pastor, I've been able to really um, see that there are so, so many wonderful people who are coming and standing up and involved in leadership and serving in this church. I'm overwhelmed. You, sh- you should see me at, a, at previous, previous churches I've been at. There was one, one time I went to a church. It was quite unhealthy and I was the pastor there. And I had to get there in the morning, set up the PowerPoint, play the guitar, lead the worship, preach the message, do the communion and go home as well, um, as well as doing all the pastoral care and everything. And when there's, when there's churches that are unhealthy, it's really hard to be able to get people to serve. But in this church, there are so many people that serve so eagerly and it's great. But we don't want that just to happen by chance. We're hoping that every uh, pastor that we appoint We'll see their role as equipping and empowering others to serve. And as others start to take up the ministry, that we would be empowering other people so that the whole church is engaged in service together. That's why we spend lots of time together training our leaders, ensuring that people are not only just doing their own work in ministry, but helping others get into the game and take a kick and play and, 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 and shoot some goals as well. I've, I've got a real passion for our church that we would really take seriously engaging and turning our church more and more from being an audience, which I think we're, we're far from that, but into an army where people would know of our church for its love and its service, where each of you would be engaged in ministry, where you would be serving and giving yourself fully. And you'll be finding that life is more fulfilling than it ever would be than just doing things for yourself. I had a dream of a church that is so strong and mature that we think of others first rather than ourselves and that people would be really seeking to use their spiritual gifts to love one another and to build up the church. I think as we close this morning, I just want to ask, uh, spend some time just to identify um, some of the leaders. And I'm going to ask you three, or people who serve, I'm going to ask three kind of groups to stand and we're just going to 
the rest of us will just say thank you to these people and uh, then at the end we'll all, all stand together and pray. Okay. So I just would like to ask if you are um, on the pastoral team, if you're a staff member or if you're a deacon of this church, if you could just stand uh, right now where you are. Would you be able to do that? Yep, any of those roles, pastoral team, staff or deacon. Great. So if you have a look around. And why don't we thank those people for the great role of service that they do. Thank you. Great. Please take your seats. Um, if you uh, serve as part of the Breathe team, and that includes you know, child carers and people that serve in that way, if you're a car park attendant, part of the team there that serve there, the CD ministry, catering, people who prepare communion, um, morning tea, people who help, um, are community helpers who do things like meals and wheels and things like that, people who do church cleaning, um, people who are involved in the fun and feast days and people in the library are serving there. Would you just stand where you are right now as well? Anybody involved in those ministries? Great. That's it. Good. Hey, thank you. Let's say thank you to these people. Thank you for serving. Thank you. Please be seated. And if you're involved in the Mission Watch team, serve there. Or if you serve on music ministry, if you serve in pastoral care, if you serve in as a playgroup um, helper or in the kitchen, if you serve in religious education in school, CRE, if you serve um, Sunday morning kids church, children's ministry, if you serve as part of the tech team, if you're part of the young adults um, teams, if you're in Youth United, if you're part of Impact and you serve on part of the team there, if you're um, part of the women's ministries in our church or involved in serving as part of the men's ministries, would you just stand right where you are now? Please stand. And if you're involved in anything else that I haven't mentioned, please stand and don't get angry at me. That would be great. Church cleaning. I did say that, didn't I? Maybe I skipped it. Yeah, church cleaning. Or uh, if you're involved in any of the you know, care force, life force stuff, anything like that, let's, uh, let's thank these people for all that they've done. Now, why don't we all stand together now, hey? Let's stand together. And let's pray, shall we, church? Oh, God, this morning we want to thank you that you love us enough to die for us and to save us and to give us gifts and abilities that you want us to use in serving you. Oh, God, this morning we just pray that each one of us here would be good stewards of the gifts that you've given us. God, that we would not leave the gifts that you've given us unopened, but that we would unwrap them and use them for your glory. God, we pray there'd be so many people that are served and loved and helped and cared for and that people would come to see you through our loving service. God, build up this body, this church so strong that when people come, they see how great you are, God. Oh God, we pray that you would unleash great power through us as we uh, use the gifts that you've given us by your spirit. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for this body. We ask your continued blessing as you lead us and help us to be strong and mature. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you so much for everybody serving. And um, we do just want to let you know that um, in this time, in the news sheet is this, and if you want to get involved in any of those areas, there are the leaders of the areas and their phone numbers, and you could just call them and say, I'd just like to start helping in this area. And we just encourage you to do that. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be really practically good at it, but you need to be available. That's the only thing. It's not the ability that counts. It's the availability that counts. And these people will, will see if they can help you in their team or if there's a way that you can get involved. Right now, we just want to spend some time responding to God and what he's been saying to us. Um, the blue cards are in your news sheet, and we'd just love in the next few moments for you to just fill out those blue cards and respond. Maybe there's a prayer um, request or something that you want to do as a response to this morning. Let's just spend a few moments doing that. Thank you. 